You are now entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. Hello, I'm Carmelo, and my favorite scene, because I was a dancer, is did the tribal dance around the bonfire with Boba Fett and the Tusken Raiders. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> ah, my name's Nick, and my favorite scene uh, had to be the final duel between Boba and Cad Bane. I thought that was a nice way to kind of wrap up Boba's arc. In our journeys through hyperspace, we examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one old, who came together through the will of the Force. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. If you didn't get that from our intro, uh, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, I guess. But yes, that's what we're going to discuss today. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to be discussing spoilers for half an hour. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So if you haven't watched it, I probably want to watch it first before Absolutely. you come and listen to this. But Absolutely. I just wanted to start, Carmelo. We talked a little bit about it offline, but what's... What's your general thoughts about the show as a whole? You know, it's really interesting. I was thinking about this all week, preparing for this episode, for our episode. And it's really interesting how there are lots of moments that I really enjoy. And there were lots of things that I thought were really, really interesting. I think, I think my issue was putting it all together. That, that as a show... There were all sorts of things that kept pulling me in different directions. But it's really interesting that it's not, it's not all of those little moments, all of those things that happened throughout. I really enjoyed those kinds of things. It's when, when it all adds up, and we'll talk about that in the show, when it all adds up, I, I, have, I felt myself torn in many, many, many ways. Um, and what about you, uh, Nick? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um... It wasn't my favorite thing in Star Wars, but it was my least favorite, I guess you could say. It was fun. I enjoyed each each Wednesday. We kind of, me and my wife made a tradition to wake up early, get yeah. breakfast and yeah. watch it. So that's that's always fun. And I mean, we generally liked all the episodes. Uh, there's a small nitpick things that I didn't like or wasn't into, but, you know, I, I think it was a fun way to kind of explore Boba Fett, who for most people has just been a cool action figure or a cool poster for like 40 years. Uh, so it's, it's been fun to kind True. of do something True. different. Uh, I know a lot of people that read the books and comics in the 90s and 2000s, he was very prominent and always doing cool stuff. But for people that just watch the animated series or even the movies, it's just he's just kind of a cool looking character and a little bit of mystery, which always was intriguing to yeah, people. We, we, I want to talk about mystery later on in the, in the show. Yeah. It was a fun show. I don't know if I'm going to revisit it a whole lot. Uh, but I, I like you, it kind of had me curious to what the point of some things were. The first four were really solid. I enjoyed them. And then for two episodes, it's basically Mando season, season three, three, basically. <laughs> and Boba Fett was, he was had one scene where he didn't even say anything, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of on brand for him. He <laughs> stayed in the background looking cool, but it felt very, it felt like a whole new show just kind of popped up out of nowhere. And I enjoyed those that break, uh, but also kind of wanted to get back to what Boba was doing. Like, yeah, I kind of at that point was invested in him, and and that that is one of my that is one of my the the things that I found odd in the first part of the show. The I'm going to call them flashbacks because they ain't dreams. Nobody dreams chronologically, for God's sake. <laughs> right. Um, the flashbacks to me took me away from the main plot, which is Boba Fett coming to terms 
with the world that he is now part of. And he's trying to sort of create a space for himself, which I, which to me is fundamentally very, very interesting. We kept going back to the story of how he got to the point when we see him in Mandalorian 2. And then the second half of the show <laughs> is Mando and how we get from Mando in the end of season two of Mandalorian to the point of Boba Fett. And so I had, I had a structural issue that in the first part of the show, the flashback took over. And in the second part of the show, Mando and Grogu took over. It's really interesting, Nick. It feels like the show began in episode six when they start sort of saying, okay, we, we need to protect Tatooine from spice traders, from the syndicate. How are we going to do this? Everything else, it felt like a setup for the second half of episode six and all of episode seven, which yeah. as a show, I really enjoy. Yeah. I really enjoy. But it was really interesting how there were all of these things that the show felt forced to add. And so the show wouldn't start and the show wouldn't start and the show yeah. wouldn't start. Um, and so that, that I found problematic, narratively speaking, as somebody who was training film and, you know, the, there, were, there were all these like screenwriting issues in here. You don't call the show the Book of Boba Fett and Boba has a cameo appearance in his own show in right. which he doesn't say anything. Uh, those are, it's odd. It's just odd. Do I hate it? No. Is it terrible? No. But it's really odd. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen people online talk about like, you know, it's the book of Boba Fett. And, you know, sometimes in a novel, the title character, they not, may not be in the chapter or they may be an interlude for something else. But in a book, there's multiple chapters. You know, it's yeah. three, four hundred pages. Yeah. This is seven episodes. This is seven episodes. So it's taken two out of seven to focus on somebody else of a show called Book of Boba Fett is odd. Like you said, if it was called Tales of the Bounty Hunters or... Well, you know, there's a... There's Tales a, of Mandalorians, something right, like that. There's a woman in Salon, which is a really fascinating website, who wrote a review. The review sort of felt like the last episode, but it was a review of the whole show. Mm -hmm. And she has what I think is the perfect title for this book, the man the, for the show, The Mandalorian Chronicles. So that it's works. about Boba Fett, who has a Mandalorian armor, and Mando, who has a Mandalorian armor from being a, a foundling. I would have loved that show. Yeah. But there's this sort of idea of indulging about Boba Fett fans. Yeah. And so it needed to be called The Book of Boba Fett. But when you look at the whole show, it really is a show about more than just Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, it, it ties into the larger Star Wars universe, which is nice. But, yeah. you know, also the, the whole show is like I said, seven episodes and it got to the point where even though I enjoyed those two episodes, I really wanted to see what Boba's doing, what's going on with that conflict. And, uh, yeah. and I think even before they, uh, the show premiered, they were kind of talking about it as uh, Mando season 2.5. Mm. Uh, and that's very odd. Oh, I had not heard that. Okay. I heard a few people say that. I think it was Robert Rodriguez said that. Okay. That's what he kind of referred it to. And Oh, interesting. You know, and I, I kind of could think about how, 
we're talking about the structure of the show, I kind of really compare it to Solo, the movie, which I enjoy very much. Mm. But, you know, in the original trilogy, we heard lines about he won the Falcon. You know, Chewie has a life debt to him. He had the Kessel run. Uh, and these are all kind of things that we knew happened. Oh, that's interesting. We yeah. knew these things happened. Uh, but then seeing it, it's like, did we really need to see it, I guess? Kind of like yeah. Boba Fett. We saw, we knew we'd get out of the Sarlacc. We saw he uh, had a gaffy stick. We saw how he got his arm, or he was looking for his armor. And they kind of explained every little thing. And it was kind of predictable to me at some times. We knew where he ends up. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but maybe if this came out prior to season two, it would have been interesting. You know, if I just, I just thought of this, I have never thought about this. <laughs> it would have been fun to have a series of little webisodes, yeah. like little isolated four minute, five minute little things to sort of give us that information. But in the show, I found it distracting. I kept thinking every time we were back into that back to tank, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, tell me, tell me what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go back yeah. to the past. Um, and even though I enjoyed the whole Tuscan Raider scene, I enjoyed, I love the train sequence. There were lots of things that I, I, I mean, as, as themselves, mm -hmm. I found very interesting. But not in the narrative arc of the show. You, you said something that I found really interesting the whole idea of expectations, of talking about, you know, what fans wanted to see. And I think there is, there is a lot of that in this show. We talked about nostalgia in the past. We dedicated a whole episode on nostalgia. And it sort of felt like this show was sort of indulging on whatever happened to Boba Fett, which I just didn't find narratively interesting enough to give us all of that detail i personally enjoyed kind of the direction boba took in his his arc i thought it was pretty satisfying i don't mind characters growing i think that's really smart um i love how the annoying little ahsoka from the clone wars movie is now a very wise woman um in the mandalorian and in boba fed i i think that's wonderful i think the issue that I have with Boba Fett is that the growing happens when he's with the Tusken Raiders. Mm -hmm. I wanted that growing to be articulated a little better because going to, I do not want to rule by fear. I want to rule by respect, which is a fascinating line. I sort of wanted to, I, I wanted us, I wanted the show to tell us how Boba Fett got there. I think it's clear that he understands the importance of community with the notion of the tribe in, in Tuscan, in the, with the Tuscan Raiders. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where the notion of respect comes from. I think that kind of, like you said, the time with the tribe kind of, that's where we really see a lot of his growth. And then in the present, we should, he should just kind of already be that growth should be finished, but I think there's a little more there because in that episode where, and I, the first complaint I really had about the first three episodes was why is Boba all of a sudden wanting to be a crime lord or a daimyo or whatever? I can't remember the term. Daimyo. Daimyo, yeah. It's a Japanese word, actually. Okay. Yeah. But 
to me it was which like, means the lord so oh that makes sense okay yeah, yeah. The, but yeah to me it was like why is boba fett what's with the career change all of a sudden you've been a bounty hunter for 30 40 years or whatever and then all of a sudden you want to be in java spot which i, I enjoyed in that fourth episode where we kind of see how he finds finnick and gets a ship back i kind of enjoyed mm-hmm. they had that conversation by the campfire like i think his time with the tuscans kind of in a way humanized him and i think mm-hmm. this show and mando have done a really good job of kind of giving us a different look at the tuscans that we haven't really gotten before i agree i think that's really cool and kind of makes me other scenes with tuscans kind of looks at them a little differently uh Mm -hmm. but i think with him being with the tuscans um he kind of he had to earn their respect he had to they they ended up trusting him he learned how to be a leader in that time Mm -hmm. and i think even in the present he was still kind of learning to be a leader uh, because it's a different situation much larger scale um and there's a lot of personalities that come involved that he has to manage and the Tuscans were very unified and he kind of joined that you know right. uh, that tribe and then in the present he's kind of building a new tribe building his own tribe uh, he never had to do that before this is something new to him and uh, you know even before the Tuscans he was a loner so he had to kind of right grow and learn to be right a leader and I think uh being the daimyo it uh like I said was new to him but he didn't want to do what Jabba did. Like he said to Fennec, you know, there's so many jobs that could have been avoided by just having a conversation or, you know, doing something differently. They just kind of wanted us to be mindless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's really interesting listening to you because I'm, I'm sort of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I didn't see that in the show. Okay. <laughs> I, it could just I, be me. I sort of felt, I sort of felt like the arc that you just described is the appropriate arc for the Boba Fett that we get, who is trying to create a community of, um, of like-minded individuals in Tatooine. I, I, I get that. I just didn't see that process in the show, to me. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, there's been all sorts of talk about online, and I've actually been talking to certain scholars about this as well with we get one more, the sort of white savior, the, the Boba mm-hmm. as the savior of the Toscans, and he's the one that puts it all together. Um, and it's there, and it's there. And Disney has no qualms telling those kinds of stories. They've done it a million times. But it's, I wanted to get to that wisdom. And I sort of felt like the, like the show didn't take me there. Once again, that's sort of the way I felt. Can we, can we switch gears? Sure. Let's talk about bounty hunting because it's okay. sort of related to this sort of notion yeah. of he's moving away from the idea of bounty hunting, but he is surrounded by bounty hunters right. <laughs> in, the, in the show. And it's sort of like, you know, he's sort of using what he knows, but Fennec Shan and Kersantan and, and Mando himself. And so it's really interesting to see the balance of Boba Fett who has been the ideal bounty hunter in Star Wars, sort of moving away from that, but being surrounded by, by men and women and non-humans who are part of that, of that bounty hunting world. And I, I found that interesting. They didn't do much with it, but I found that um, sort of an interesting element. Because um, when we, in the episode that we had about the comics, I said, you know, it's really interesting how bounty hunters are always around, but they never sort of get a lot of sort of leading roles. Mm-hmm. 
and so it was it was fun it was fun having them there yeah we we also talked about how they are very i don't want to say flip-floppy but very just kind of brush things off and uh, as we mentioned earlier before we started recording about how uh Kersantin just tried to kill him and then the next episode he's on the team and i thought that was very kind of funny but uh, i think boba kind of like i said earlier he has grown from his days as a bounty hunter uh, and i kind of see the he's, he kind of wants to it, it'd be kind of like a employee becoming the boss and being like well when i was doing this it didn't work the boss didn't listen the boss was you know he didn't understand what we had to go through right. i kind of took it as that kind of a promotion for him yeah um, but you know i i could do agree there were things that uh they didn't really explain very well it, it was kind of not always clear i guess and uh, as I mentioned in the intro, like I said, my favorite scene was with Cad Bane, uh, the duel they mm-hmm. had at the end. I love the way that it was executed, that he had to use the gaffy stick. And it kind of right. kind of brought right. it full circle. Uh, right. That's how he beats Bane, with a gaffy stick. Right. Uh, and he doesn't, doesn't necessarily, it would have been very boring to me if it was just a shootout and he shot Cad Bane and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the gaffy stick was symbolism of how far he's come, uh, that kind of shows his growth. Yes. Um, that was cool. I think that was very poetic in a way that uh, Star Wars tends and, to be. And it was really fun having a bounty hunter like Cad Bane, mm-hmm. who is still the threatening bounty hunter. Right. Because Fennec Shand sort of folds into the world of Boba. Kersantan falls into the world of Boba. Um, and so it's really interesting how Cad sort of remains outside of that world. And it was really, in, it was really fun having that addition to this world in which bounty hunters are sort of becoming a community of leaders yeah. um, for, for Boba Fett in, the, in, in Tatooine itself. And so I, I like that as a contrast. And I agree with you, the arc with, with Kersantan was, was too quick. Yeah, it very was. <laughs> I needed a couple more scenes to sort of process this idea. One of the things, um, Nick, that I... I sort of lost a little bit of patience with the show. And I didn't really discover this until episode five when Mando shows up. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we arrive in that rain city, I lost my marbles. I, I was so happy to see a world that I had not seen before. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, lost my marbles. As, as I, I went crazy excited. That's what I. That's what I mean. Maybe I'm using the wrong American phrase. Okay. Um, because and and then when I saw that, I sort of realized almost everything that we've seen in the show is familiar territory, mm-hmm. and it was so exciting to be in a place where I was sort of like, "Where are we? What is this? Oh my God! It's a ring." Oh my God, it's upside down and right side up because when you're in space, there's no up and there's no down. My mind just kept going and processing all of this stuff. Um, Very similar to the same way I felt at the very beginning of Mando season two, when Grogu and Mando come out of the shadows and they go into the city and there is sort of like the CD part of the city with graffiti and fight clubs and all of that, sort of like, whoa. I mean, we've seen cities before, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen something like that. 
And I think one of the things that I found disappointing about the show is that it didn't, it didn't make the world larger. It didn't show us things we hadn't seen before. Like it's one of the things that I look for in Star Wars. Like show me more of the galaxy. Show me things I haven't seen. And so much of the show was familiar territory. This is why BD was so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Total was always true. like, oh my God, I didn't write. What is this? Um, and I know it comes from a video game and all of that. And there's yeah. a nostalgic element for people that started playing with this three years ago. But it was something new. It yeah. was something new. Um, and so I, I missed that. that. The Ring City, the Ring City was for me a, a little orgasm. That thing showed up and <laughs> I. I, I, I was in another planet. It, literally. <laughs> I say, I, literally. <laughs> I feel like there's a, we, I know also they've talked about how these shows are all supposed to kind of interconnect or uh, build up to something much larger. Uh, you know, Book of Boba Fett, uh, Mando and Ahsoka leading to something. We don't quite know what it is yet, but I, my theory. Is that, is that true? Is that true? That's, that is what Favreau and Filoni have said. Uh Okay. So I don't like I said they haven't really talked about what it's leading to, but I guess okay. we'll see. Uh, okay. But I, the way that you mentioned that little ring city, I I think we're going to see it again. That's just my feeling. I feel like that's a mm. cool concept. Um, amazing. The armor is there, so I, I, we may go back to there, see where she's up to. Um, yeah. That, no, that I mean was, there were all fun. these scenes like when Mando is going down those the ladder and space is under him, and yeah, ah, ah, that's cool. <laughs> My brain couldn't process fast enough. It was just magnificent. I think, uh, magnificent. I do agree with you that the, the series as a whole kind of doesn't give us much new, as in like seeing things and visuals. I think it does a couple of cool things, though, with uh, lore building. Uh, we learn yeah. more, like I said, about the Tuscans, even about uh, kind of the history of Mandalorian. We learned yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that flashback uh, is awesome. The Night right. of the Thousand Tears. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think little things like that. And we even learn about we kind of set things up for Luke and Grogu and kind of where the Jedi, I guess, as a whole are. Uh, I kind of enjoyed the little things like that about it. I enjoyed it, but you yeah. know, there was something, I think it was in the nostalgia episode. You said something that has, it has sort of stayed with me. Nostalgia in a way sort of limits the new possibilities of storytelling. And it felt, and I felt this in the Mandalorian too, but, I really felt it in here where it was a show of filling in the blanks, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like the Night of a Thousand Tears is mentioned before, and now we get to see it and we, we get to sort of see how it fits in the whole story of Mandalore and the Mandalorians. But, but there's so much, only so much filling the blanks that I want. I, I, I want to know more. Um, about new things. I want to know where these, where these stories are going. Um, I don't mind bringing back characters, but those characters need to sort of have a function beyond, oh my God, it's blank. Oh my God, it's blank. Oh my God, it's blank. Yeah. Um, and that's fun. I'm not saying that's not fun. Mm-hmm. Well, there has to be more than that for me. I agree. I'm oh, picky. I, agree. I'm I, picky. Agree. I, just, I, I just want more. That's why... I think we smart, I think not that I want to discredit anybody that does this, but I think that's why you and I talked about, we really wanted, we didn't want to do 
an episode on each a, a podcast episode on each episode of the book of Boba Fett because that's that's where you get into to me it's it's just a small chapter of a larger story and yeah you and I both agree yeah. it kind of yeah need to put it all in context before we you know just I guess run our mouths you know one of the reasons <laughs> yeah. one of the reasons why I want I love enjoying this is why I love doing the podcast with you is that I like talking sort of about larger Star Wars not about this micro thing that micro thing I really like sort of putting all of these elements formats genres stories characters um together and so talking about the whole season was was a fun idea mm -hmm. um but I didn't want to micromanage Star Wars. Um, there are enough podcasts that do that and That's they do true. it really, really well. Um, right. You want to know every single reference, go to New Rockstars, go to other places, Star Wars Explained. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are people who are doing this really, really well. I am much more interested in making connections. And this is why I love doing this show with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something else I want to talk about right before we wrap up, Carmelo, is the uh, and we both we did a whole episode on her and uh, Ahsoka, <laughs> her mm -hmm. inclusion of the show, which uh, if you would have, I, would, I wouldn't have put money on it because I wouldn't have expected her to show up uh, or Luke for that matter. Um, but I think the I know this is kind of a little off topic, but it, it happened in the book of Boba Fett. So I kind of think we should mention it. Uh, <laughs> the whole inclusion of her and Luke and seeing Grogu train that whole kind of that side of the Jedi, which I thought this show would be strictly underworld bounty hunting yep. uh, maybe even a little bit of mandalorian history but no it was there was a whole almost a whole episode dedicated to jedi and kind of what they're you know where they're heading and kind of where they're taking luke and uh, even some history between ahsoka and luke it looks like obviously they've met before they've met before right we don't know when but right. they've met before obviously right. they're familiar with each other uh, i just thought that as a person who uh, both of us who really love ahsoka uh, who love luke uh that whole that whole little sequence that episode was really satisfying it was fun there's a there's a I, I, there's a what i think is a really important line in that episode when luke says i don't think i'm teaching him things as much as he's remembering things hmm. and it feels to me that that whole section is for us to sort of know that Grogu, as he rejoins with Mando, and we move on to the next season of Mandalorian, that there's going to be a lot of, there are lots of skills that Grogu has with him, that he doesn't need the training because he's had the training. He's 50 years old. He might not right. be able to speak, right. but he's been around for a while. Right. Um, that he can, that he's gonna be able to do lots of things that we haven't seen without him having to be trained by a Jedi. Right. Um, because I, you know, at the end of, at the end of episode six, when he has to decide between the lightsaber and the Mando male, what I call, mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be the Mando male because there's some Mandalorian season three and we can't have a whole CGI television show on Luke Skywalker. We just can't do right. that. He can show up here and there, but, and so it's really interesting. I really love how they set up the future of Grogu mm. um, in that sequence mm. as someone who knows more than he remembers and is capable of doing more than he can right now. That I found really interesting. 
And the other thing that you mentioned, you know, Luke and Ahsoka have met before. I think that's going to come in the Ahsoka show later on. That would be fun. I would because love to it'll be really interesting. Um, it'll be really interesting to have Ahsoka knowing Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And Ezra is going to show up. Who is another four-strained person who is not officially a Jedi. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I'm gonna die. I'm just yeah, gonna like I, pee I my think, pants uh, when that show starts. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Probably one of the most anticipated shows, I think, out of Star Wars that I'm looking forward to. I think the the interesting part though is uh, and we're we spoiler, we plan on doing uh, eventually, we don't know when, uh, an episode on Luke, a character study of mm-hmm. sorts. Uh, but I think it's fun how this episode just subtly set up where we know he's going to end up in the sequels. We we see small yeah, hints yeah. of that. I think that's really awesome detail. Pay attention to detail and yes, um, yes, it's it's very fun. I like those connections and you know even the I don't know if it, I would call it a conflict, but the difference of opinion between Ahsoka and Luke, where Mando asked, he said, you know, you didn't want to train the child. Um, she said, I didn't, but no, that's Luke's decision. Right. Even though it sounds like they have a disagreement. I don't know if we'll ever see that disagreement, you mm-hmm. know, but I just enjoyed that small, subtle uh, tension, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the seeing the Luke kind of, you know, even at end of Mando season two, I didn't love it because I wanted Luke and kind of the, I wanted something different from Star Wars that we talked about before. Yep. Uh, not a whole this person's here, this person's showing up, yay. Uh, I've enjoyed the, the subtle character growth that we're gonna see for Luke because um, he even says, you know, I don't know what I'm doing exactly. He's unsure of himself. Right. Um, and we see him making kind of similar mistakes as the Jedi before him, Yep. Obi-Wan and Yoda. And right, 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 right. at this right. point, he it gives him a little more character because at season, the end of season two of Mando, I felt he was just a, action figure in a lot of ways i mean he, he didn't really give us much uh and i know it was kind of it was not, a cameo it, appearance it was yeah it wasn't supposed to be a you yeah. know a yeah big He's... you know it's just a big fun reveal and you know i kind of enjoyed this sacred look i was not expecting them to kind of dive into a little bit of his character uh and so i've enjoyed that and you know like we said all episode i was surprised it was in the book of boba fett so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that no, really that... blew my mind I, I think I think what you said about Mando 2.5 makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, and it, it but I, I, I didn't, because I'm dumb, I just didn't know that that was the thing. And I, I, yeah. I came in here sort of like, oh, interesting. It's going to be a show about bounty hunters. Yeah. But it really wasn't. It that, really wasn't. So. Like I said earlier, they're building towards, from what we know, something bigger. Um, so it, I'm sure in a few years, whenever this, whenever it wraps up or we kind of know what's going on, I'm sure this will make more sense in the grand scheme of the larger story. Um, well, right now, I'm a little more cynic than you are. <laughs> maybe. That's what I'm hoping anyway. That's my hope. But I, I like I said, I, I like to kind of not take things out of context. Just yeah. give us oh, we, we shall wait. We shall wait. We'll still we'll be see. alive. I don't have any fatal diseases. So um, we'll, we'll be able to see where, where we're going. going. So yeah. Um, I just wanted to remind everybody that if you like our video, make sure you like it. And um, to make sure that you get notifications for the show, subscribe to our channel. So when we upload our next um, episode, you know that it's there for you to watch and spread the word. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you so much, audience. May the force be with everybody. And we'll see you at the next one.